0: I'm Kira brew I'm Nicole Breeden. And you're listening to ProPrac, a podcast where we explore the professional practice of artists and hear their stories.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to ProPrac today. Today, we come to you from Brisbane, where we are out of the recording studio again and visiting the home of artist Bridie Gilman. We are joined by herself and some um, birds
0: and dogs. So if you hear some background noise, that is a dot and a crow that's fallen out of the tree. Bridie Gilman is a multidisciplinary artist whose practice spans painting, photography, sculpture and video. Drawing from her childhood spent in Indonesia, ideas of place, our experience and memories of a place underpin her work. Bridie is an emerging artist based in Brisbane who completed her Bachelor of Fine Arts with honours at Queensland College of Art in 2013. Since graduating she has conducted residencies and exhibited in Indonesia and Malaysia as well as domestically. Australia in addition to her practice Friday is the co-director of stable which is a contemporary art space she is also the international community engagement officer of Butte, which is the brisbane and elsewhere art and triennial which will be happening in april 2019 and Brady is also represented by Edwina Colette Gallery here in Brisbane. Thanks so much, Brady for having us here today. Yeah, thanks for being with awesome. us. Thanks for coming. <laughs> um, so we'll kick off with a question that we asked all of our guests. How did you get to where you are today? And that can be as broad or as direct as you want it to be.
2: Mm. Um, yeah, so as you said, I spent my early childhood in Indonesia... Um, moved over there with my mum and then we came, we came back when I was seven. So my first memories are from there and, um, yeah, that's, uh, continued to form my practice quite strongly. Um, just those early experiences. Um, yeah. And so I've always, I guess, yeah, moved to Brisbane, did school and all that. And I've always been creative, um, but I wouldn't say, like, I always wanted to be an artist Um, at school, you know, did all the fashion, film, art subjects and stuff, but I couldn't really decide what area, what specific area I wanted to go in. Mm. Um, And it was actually my mum who suggested fine art um, because it's a good, broad background for any creative field. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, I started a fine art degree and I was saying, oh, I don't want to be a starving artist or anything. Did you go straight from high school into... Uh, no, I had a year of um, like business and creative industries, so like a double yeah. degree, and I hated it. <laughs> really hated business.
1: But I thought I'd try that path. <laughs> um, mm. do, you do you find any part... Sorry to interrupt. Do you find any part of that... That you actually use kind of now as a, or it was all just very brief and um, shortly short or,
2: I mean I guess like business and economics is like not totally foreign to me mm. kind of grew up in like a household that was more in, in that side um, but yeah I, I realised how unhappy I was in that type of area and that type of big uni as well and then I started um fine art at QCA and it was like I found my people yeah people who thought like me and it was small and you just meet people by running into them in the stairway and it was so lovely and you know I wanted to move away from Brisbane and stuff before that but now here I am I'm still in Brisbane because I think because of that community that I built through university Mm. um it's so amazing and you're such a huge part of the community too here having your space
0: as well that it seems like not only are you participating you're really facilitating as well within the community which is really I think an amazing thing for people oh. to be giving back as well
2: thank you yeah I, yeah I don't know from I'm a huge part but like um yeah it was definitely felt like i would shown and the community had given me so much and like, I, I artist-run spaces are a really big part of the art scene in brisbane and um yeah i just wanted to contribute to that i suppose mm. we had the space um so it's underneath my house <laughs> for those who seen... don't know and um
0: this... i love that about brisbane Yeah. It's it's something a... that
1: you don't have in melbourne and it's just it's so yeah. great
2: mm. we just use what we got kind mm. of thing and For those who don't know, I
1: think that's a fairly common kind of thing in Brisbane. Is that right?
2: Yeah. 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 I just run spaces in sheds at the back of homes. And um, I suppose I think the architecture of Brisbane really helps that because uh, the the classic Queenslander style, you know, often share houses and stuff, are lifted up. And there's often a really big space underneath the house, which can be turned into... You know, often they're people's studios or... Or, yeah, it can be turned into an art space when <laughs> you. Yeah. And we just don't have that many spaces in Brisbane, so we just got to... what
1: you've got.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. an integral part. Mm-hmm. Especially after just, you know, emerging and straight after uni and, and beyond or when, or when you want to show just something a bit more experimental that you can't elsewhere. Like, yeah. It's a great place.
0: So when you were at uni, was... Um the kind of themes that you work with now of kind of place and belonging and memory and um, were they already kind of developing within your practice then and um, were you kind of already um, exploring those notions of where your practice is situated um, as well or was that something that came after you finished uni in terms of um, travelling back to Indonesia and to Malaysia um, to create new bodies of work?
2: Um, yeah, my, it came through probably my third year, Mm. so I majored in painting, um, and yeah, all my work was made with objects, childhood objects and things that I collected on travels there, it was very mixed media based, sculpture and video projected onto paintings and stuff like that.
1: So, uh, we know that you travel quite a lot, um. What do you do? You take a lot of uh, things with you when you travel and do residencies, or do you kind of like work with what you find?
2: In the past, my practice was a lot more found object based, so definitely is collecting objects in wherever I was, and or finding you know house paints in Indonesia and using those types of objects and stuff. I, I like that. Towards the end of this year, I've got a residency in um bali actually which mm-hmm. i'm really excited about but it'll be the first residency since i've been painting a lot more so i'm trying to figure out um that type of thing like do i bring you know unstretched a roll of unstretched canvas with mm. me if i want to make sure I've whereabouts it? in bali uh new Ubud. yeah <laughs> so jealous yes <laughs> Very jealous. Yeah.
0: and how long will you be going for
2: uh it's a month fantastic yeah. So I'm excited about that.
1: Um. Yeah, there is um, quite a lot of challenges with travelling with um, you know, your materials and everything. Like we had a um, new someone who sent, I think he sent his oil paints and they arrived, like he had to send them via boat because he couldn't take them on the airline. No, really. And they arrived something like three months later or six months later. So just like <laughs> After he'd they already like, completed residency. Yeah, so it just like didn't, totally didn't work out. So I hope that's not your experience.
0: Has there any been any like challenges that you've really needed to overcome um, to continue your practice, or anything that's kind of you know um, presented as a a spanner in the works that you've really had to work around?
2: Um, um I mean, there's little things, but I think one of the biggest challenges, um, which has and continues to be, is mental. Mm. um and just yeah having the self-belief or confidence to keep doing it even though you know no one's asking you to do it um you know I'm, I know I'm so lucky to be able to be pursuing you know something that I love but it doesn't mean that there's no challenges in that um yeah not like especially at those times when you've gotten rejection after rejection and you're doing a bunch of work for no money and um or maybe you haven't gotten income from your art for a while. It's um then you like look at your peers you went to school with and they're I don't know, got a steady job and they're buying a house and you're like, Shit, what the fuck am I doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair to say that um, you know, taking care of your mental health as an artist I think is something that is becoming more Talked about, which mm. is, I think, a really positive um, kind of outcome that's happening. But um, yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be talked about more. I think. Mm. Mm.
2: Well, I fall down that hole every time I get a rejection. Mm. <laughs> I know. Um, but especially like if you spent two days writing a proposal and it just like, keeps happening, and you just think. But yeah, I think hopefully I'm getting stronger. And, yeah, I think I need to if I want to keep doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's also the opposite of, like, post-show blues and you've come off such a high of producing work and working to a deadline and showing it and then just feeling that emptiness or um, directionlessness mm. after a show that can be really crushing as well. And people, I think, around you, and especially people outside of the arts might think that, like, why on earth would you be feeling like that? You've just had a successful show or you, mm. you seem really busy and it's it's really hard to balance that out after such a high production period as well. Mm. So it's kind of really, I think, important to be checking in with yourself all the time, um, both in the busy periods and the desolate rejection letter periods yeah. of your practice.
2: Well, it's really hard. Like, I think you'd get used to, if you've got... Had lots of things coming up. It's really like a question that I always ask and get asked. Oh, what well, you know, when are you working on? What's coming up? And um, it's really easy. <laughs> that just came off her perch. <laughs> um, it's really easy when, oh, yeah, I'm working towards this, I've got this coming up, and it's like gives you a sense of worth and value. And when you don't have anything locked in, it's hard. If you feel like you're failing or something Mm -hmm. but I think those times are really important because it's when you have time to maybe be more experimental with your practice and stuff Mm -hmm. um
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so that dovetails nicely into our next question which is what does being a successful practicing artist mean to you um
2: yeah I I suppose having a reliable income from my practice and being able to to spend all my time doing it um Yeah, that's pretty important to me, even though it's quite difficult. (laughs) Um, And also, yeah, just getting to a point where I can share all aspects of my work together. Um, So my paintings alongside my photography and video or sculpture, because it does all come from the same place, but I feel like at the moment um, they're still quite separate. Like I have an audience for my... Paintings, which are a bit more commercially viable, I suppose, and then one for the other things I do. Mm. Um, so I'm really trying to work on bringing them together mm-hmm. because it, that's, that's the type of practice I envision in the future where it all just sits together. What does
0: a day or a week in... Um the life of Bridie Gilman look like in terms of your <laughs> practice like are you um someone that goes to the studio every day or do you um you know go and use a cafe to work out of what's your process
2: um it's really pretty varied like probably most <laughs> <laughs> um it's a yeah a mix of in the studio painting um it could, I could be at home doing computer work, like writing an application or something. Um, do you keep, like, uh,
0: computer work separate from in the studio?
2: Yeah, I do. I try and do studio, uh, computer work at home mm-hmm. in the mornings. Um, you know, wake up, have coffee, do emails or whatever you're meant to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then go to the studio. I'm a bit more of a later studio person. I'll work until, I don't know. Eight or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Afternoon is a good studio time for me, so is that your, fits in well. Yeah. yeah. Is your studio located far from where you live? Um, it's about fifteen minutes drive. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm going to start writing this in. <laughs> <laughs> Just reveal one, so one of my uh, <laughs> new <newest> resolutions. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's the nice one to pursue. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't take my computer to the studio ah, to try and yeah, just yeah. separate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you find um, do you find uh, computer like or admin work kind of encroaching on your studio time, or you're very good at kind of keeping them quiet? You know, like do you set a time limit or like a time that you're like, okay, I've got to stop and go to the studio, or do you sort of naturally mm. get through what you've got to get through?
2: Yeah, whenever I have to do, it does encroach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm because you feel like you have like getting back to that email or something's more well I I feel like yeah -hmm. it's more important Mm -hmm. um which is a bit shitty (laughs) (laughs) do you share your studio with other artists Mm, there's a couple of other artists out there Uh in a separate building but they're not there very often unfortunately yeah that's something that I really miss Mm -hmm. from uni is um being in a shared studio environment Mm -hmm. so important Mm -hmm. Mm but yeah, it's like in this little pocket of bush. So it's really um kinda isolated and quiet and it's been really great. Mm. yeah. And how long have you been at that studio for?
1: Uh about a year. Yeah. Have you always um had a separate studio or have you worked at home?
2: Uh I've worked at home a lot, yeah. Um it's only recently that so I've been I guess been able to afford to branch out and realised how important it is for me like,
1: yeah. um, so you, you, you find you're um, happier having your studio kind of separate from your home
2: yeah, yeah. I think it's really important to separate work from home um, especially it just, there was a point last year where we had the gallery downstairs I had my studio here my partner Ruben had his workshop downstairs we've always got friends coming around And it just felt like everything was happening out of this small house (laughs) and the animals. (laughs) Um, And now we've both got our workspaces separate and it's just a lot better, I think, mentally. Um, You go and you work rather than always feeling like you need to work. Mm, mm -hmm.
1: So um, is there anything that you kind of do on the side that you would like to discuss, just like, you know, jobs just for additional income, anything like that?
2: Um, yeah, so I do a bit of, like, in-store work, um, as a powerhouse, <laughs> um, and any other random jobs. The big one for me has been, like, I take Santa photos every year. I've done it for the last 12 years. <laughs> um, it's surprisingly good, like, good income for the amount of time and stuff so that's been a really big help before we
0: um knew that you took santa photos i think we were going for a walk one day and then you were like oh it's blah 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 there's santa i just need to go over and say hi and we were like who is friday talking to (laughs) and she was like that is my
2: old santa (laughs) john he's amazing it was amazing
0: And that's when we discovered that you take Santa photos. I was amazed. Mm. It was so great. Yeah,
2: it's been a big part of my <laughs> life. Um Christmas.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm always um I just find artists always have the most interesting kind of side hustles that are quite you know, like good make make for really great stories. So like that's, <laughs> that's definitely up there.
2: Um Yeah. So there's that stuff. What else? Um I could be, yeah doing stuff for Stable, which is the art space underneath my house, so installing a show there, meeting artists here, editing documentation, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but it feels like it feels like the time gets filled up very quickly. Um, I used to work quite unstructured, kind of, you know, have a day off in the middle of the week, work over the weekend, whatever, or, but I, as I said before, I felt like, it just led to always feeling like you had to work. You, I should be working. And so I'm trying to um, enforce like a weekend or at least a Sunday. Yeah. now i i going to have a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do Sunday things just to have <laughs> yeah. a
1: break because I
2: think otherwise it's pretty unsustainable.
1: Yeah. You have to be so... Um like militant about defending that day off you have as well it's mm. so easy to let it kind of i oh, just do a few emails or whatever it yeah. is yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think for so many people as well when you're working in jobs that might even you know you might work on your practice all week but then have to work a job on the weekend and so then you feel like you should take a day off during the week but because it's a weekday it still doesn't allow for you to maybe catch up with friends or family and you're kind of always just like scraping to get a little bit of time for Mm. yourself or a day to actually recharge so i think yeah that's such a um important thing to learn how to do Mm. is to block out a weekend date for you to take and actually um be a person in the
1: world yeah Mm. um what has been one of the biggest resources that have uh, that has assisted your practice I
2: think people key people like having some key people around you is the most important thing for me um, you know I've got a couple of friends who are artists and I really trust to give feedback and um, yeah just recently desperate for some feedback on some work and got some come to the studio because I mean, you just I miss that from uni having peers, you know, teachers um, to give critiques and stuff. I, it's hard to actually get critical feedback, I think. You have a show and it's just, this is great, this is great. You, it's great install. It's
1: <laughs> good, good to hear, but I actually,
2: you know, it doesn't actually help you move forward. Totally. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah so I think just having your... Close uh friends that you can trust for good critical feedback um i guess some key mentors which also come through uni um step you know older established artists that you can ask for advice on things there's another resource i recently discovered rediscovered the state library here mm. it's amazing but i don't know why i haven't been there for so long it's like opened up my world <laughs> Yeah,
1: books, it's like you forget they exist. Yeah, but they're,
2: like, they're online, <laughs> yeah. database,
1: yes, and all these
2: videos that you can access, documentaries online, like,
1: incredible, awesome, yeah. yeah. I actually frequently find, um, when I'm looking up a book, or like a, particularly like something quite obscure, like a, you know, a VHS tape from, you know, like from something that's really you know out of the way it'll always be in Queensland oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like a university library here or like in the state library yeah, I'm just like why
2: <laughs> so unfair yeah but you used to like at uni have access to all those journal articles and stuff yeah. and I've tried doing research since and oh, no, the internet <laughs> I don't know and google books and stuff drives me nuts so
0: any advice that you wish that you
2: had received when you were starting out? I feel like I'm such a baby still, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm really in the position to be giving advice. Mm. But, what, do, what do you wish
1: you would have known? Yeah. Know, like...
2: I have learnt some things, I suppose. Um, oh, things like, you know, the importance of documentation. Um, I just didn't care about that stuff when I was younger mm-hmm. <laughs> Now it's, like, all about the documentation um, having, like, presenting it on a good website and everything. And yeah, I guess they didn't, at uni, they didn't really tell you that essentially you're running your own business, you know. You've got to be the photographer, the, you know, finance person, uh-huh. the um social media person, <laughs> the writer, the maker, the speaker, like, and it's really difficult. Like, I mean, some somewhere within it all, you have to find time to actually make the work that you're trying to spook <laughs> <laughs> So true. Um. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose just the whole like getting used to rejections thing, <laughs> growing a thick skin. Um, I recently heard a yeah well-established artist talking about rejections, and I was like, oh. You get them too? Oh, great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Made me feel a lot better. It's really interesting the things that people, um, yeah, think think about or, you know, maybe that they missed and wished they had have been kind of aware of. I think it's quite it's mm. quite telling, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, not... I kind of, I'm constantly saying, shit, they didn't teach me that in uni. Mm.
1: Um,
2: especially more since I've been, since I've been dealing with, with commercial galleries and stuff it's a big unknown there and but I I also think if there was like a subject at uni that was talking more commercially I'm not sure if I would have listened because back then I mm-hmm. thought well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell commercially like screw mm-hmm. that mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> or just business you know yeah. just like uh, you know so many other industries like architecture and um, you know whatever like they, there is there is a sort of uh Natural mentorship program that happens when you start working mm. and you, you see those processes of negotiations, you know, happening. So you learn as you go along. But like I think artists are quite frequently just thrown in the deep end. Yeah, exactly. They've got no one to, to. You know, people can be really lucky and and yeah, I manage to get those um, kind of uh, contacts and, and mentors that they can ask questions. But I think yeah, quite often it is it is a sort of part of the kind of. Uh, you know arts education in australia that is kind of sorely lacking
2: um, mm.
1: just how to how to run how to run you know the business of being an artist
2: yeah and i've made so many mistakes and i've found myself just going oh shit sorry like i didn't mean to i was just naive and i didn't know and then, sadly i think some some people aren't mindful of that that you know there's no
0: handbook mm. <laughs> And really practical things as well, like how to do your tax that is something that mm. um, and maybe it's not for the university, but maybe it's for different institutions to provide public workshops for people to learn how to yeah how to manage yourself as a small mm. business, how to do your taxation in terms of kind of the logistics of how to you know document how many kilometers you travel to yeah um mm. those kind of those really like simple shooting
2: contracts yeah yeah
0: and like when you're working for an organization or doing a project for someone how do you document that so that you can give over that information so that you actually get re- like compensated for your time and your labor and, and it's they, not
1: stolen from you
0: yeah mm. Mm. so it's um there's so many little things that it's, it's we need to make a package <laughs>
1: We're going to write that book, damn it. (laughs) You should. Every university. ProPrac, the handbook.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, as I said, I I had a a class called Professional Practices or ProPrac. And it it touched on things. And it was helpful, but, yeah, Yeah, there needs to be more, I think. But then, as I said, maybe you wouldn't have listened. I'm not sure if I would have listened. Mm. One of those things that you only learn because you fuck off
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. so we wanted to go and do an MBA directly after doing our you know uh, undergrad degree yeah
0: is there anything um that is going to be kind of coming up on the horizon for you um project wise or exhibition wise or obviously you're going to be doing the residency in mm-hmm. Bali as well um
2: well at the time that this is probably aired it probably would have already happened but at the moment I'm working towards yeah a solo show um, of paintings up here in Brisbane um, and then also yeah I've got a group exhibition coming up at Kajula powerhouse with some yeah five other artists who we've formed a collective called woven and um, we yeah, we all have a connection to Indonesia and we've shown, this is our second exhibition now and, yeah, it's been really wonderful working with them. Um, they're all Sydney-based, but, yeah, wonderful to work alongside and um, to just have, like, conversations with really inspiring women with things that we can talk about, like, in common stuff.
0: Thanks so much, Bridie. That was really fantastic, and I think there's a lot in there for people to go through and unpack about um, from your checking in with your mental state to how to structure your day in different ways to be most effective. Um, so I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to today. Thank you so much for being with us.
2: Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really humbled. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so for those listening where is the best place for them to view your work if they're not able to go and see a show
2: um probably at my website which is just bradygilman.com. easy <laughs> great and yes. are
0: you on instagram as well yeah
2: great also we'll to that. yeah fantastic great thank you awesome thanks thank so much you. guys <laughs>
1: We acknowledge the Turbal and Yagara people as traditional owners of the lands on which this podcast was recorded. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for listening to ProPrac. You can listen to other episodes and subscribe to
0: us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can stay up to date with what we're up to on Instagram at ProPracPodcast or send us an email at ProPracPod at gmail.com.